All right. Sandbox Gamers After Dark. No theme song. No intro. There might be an anchor ad at the top. <laughs> but other than that. Oh, you I like how you just get right into it. You just. Like well, a... that, this is this is the supplemental. We don't need to worry about anything. They're already on this feed. They just listened to us talk about Grand Theft Auto. And if they didn't, well, they better get over there and do that. So last week we talked about, or I gushed and gushed about seeing Weird Al, uh, who I saw again uh, between the last After Dark and this one. But I'm not going to focus on that. There was an offhand comment in last week's After Dark about Weird Al's movie UHF. Uh a cinematic masterpiece if you ask two out of the three members of the sandbox gamers podcast masterpiece the one person who wouldn't agree was jeff w who had never seen it but he made good on his promise he said he was going to watch it before the next after dark and uh, he he says he did factor but we're going to test him so jeff w just real, real quick, fast. Vactor can oh. sign into my Plex and he can see that I completed this somehow. I know he has my password in some way. He can I mean, see you could have just completed. left it running and like yeah, went went yeah. to like Trader Joe's or something. Okay. So this is where it's coming in. Uh tell us about UHF, Jeff. This is <laughs> okay. we're testing you. All right. So I'll make a couple of comments first. So I, don't, I guess I'll try to summarize what the story was. Yeah, just um, talk about the movie. We're not, this is an unofficial yeah. podcast. Yeah, so yeah. just talk about however you I want. Th- yeah, I thought spoilers it, for UHF, everybody. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. We're just going <laughs> to dive deep. Um, so for me, and there's, there's a couple, I guess, let me talk about something that caught me off guard, let's say, about this movie. The thing I think that plays into, what you and Vactor like about this movie, but what maybe like most audiences would not like about it. Okay. The, the randomness of the humor in the movie is it's, and I really respect weird Al for making (laughs) this movie because clearly there's like so much effort put in and like, like all from all the music, the originals and like, down to like him copying the uh who, who's the music video the dire straits dire straits video. uh money for nothing yeah which by the way he drops that real song drops some f-bombs in there uh that song is like a weird song but let me anyway. tell you just a real a real <laughs> just small quick fact about that parody yes, yes. Jeff, as i am a wealth of weird out knowledge weird Al always asks the original artists for their permission to do yes parodies so that's not to burn bridges or whatever so he Coolio, asked all that stuff. Right, I forget right. the name of the the lead singer of Dire Straits, the guitarist. Um, but that's not important. But that's who I'm referring to. So he asked Dire, the Dire Straits people, "Can I do this parody?" And the guy said, "Yes, you can do the parody, but only if I can play guitar on it, because I don't want anybody oh. messing up that guitar solo at wow. the beginning." And so that's actually the guy from Dire Straits playing guitar. Oh, okay. Oh, see, it sounds and very music. good. That is actually. I will say from that, like there are things I am more, I mean, obviously I do love, you know, the direct parody of, of the songs, but I think I am a bigger fan of the style parodies, like the Beverly Hillbillies version of that song, the Dire Straits song 
great i'd say dare to be stupid which is clearly a devo song you know that Mm -hmm. that is probably my favorite song of his because that is like an actual that's an actually like like good song i would put that like i would almost put that in like a devo playlist that's how much i like that that song um but i think the randomness of uhf the randomness kind of got in the way of for me for like trying to keep track of what is happening in this story. So I get that there's like a new station. I get that they're creating, I get they're competing right with another one. I think is what's happening. That's a like television station, guy. a television station. Yes. And then like, you know, there's like money that needs to be earned and they come up short at the end and all that stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. But uh, the Rand, like there's things like at the beginning when he's in the apartment and he's eating this. I think I can't remember if this is before he sits down with the mashed potatoes or if it's after he sits down with the mashed potatoes. But there's a point where he's like, well, what time is it? And then like a fist just breaks through the wall <laughs> with a watch on it. And he's like, oh, it's five. Oh, or no. I'm like, <laughs> like <laughs> which is funny. But then like it almost because it almost like it, it like boggles my mind at points because i'm like all right well what the fuck is happening like what okay like that was weird that was stupid but like what is the next thing he so, was he lives next door to a karate a karate studio jab right right so they were doing karate next door and there was somebody <laughs> punched through the wall and they're like throwing them out the windows you yeah. know when they show up there and stuff um there is i can see the charm of this movie uh i thought the rambo stuff was pretty hilarious still you know Mm -hmm. even though he like the bodysuit they had him wearing was like gross looking like at certain angles it looks like he's melting (laughs) um you're like what the hell is going on here um but i thought that 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 whole segment is hilarious him you know chewing the bullets and then he (laughs) spits it back is great like uh, and then like the cuts to like would look like stock explosion videos you know uh, and the guy shooting or, him with the gun yeah, and he's just getting closer and yeah. closer. He's like <laughs> missing him, but he's a foot away from him. And there's there's a gif I sent back to earlier where him and uh, what's Michael Richards, the mop guy. What's his character? Stanley Spadowski. Yeah. Thank you. Because uh, even Weird Al, Weird Al is not Weird Al. He is a character, but I can't. It's a Newman or George. George Newman. George Newman. Yeah, it's something like that. Yeah, I was like. Yeah, yeah, even that like got distracted, like lost in like the sea of like me trying to keep up with everything. But um, the uh, oh yeah, there's a scene where he like you know they're getting on the plane. He gives the like the twenty dollar helicopter ride. You know the guy the twenty or whatever, and then they go to get on, and then he shoots up the hill, and like he shoots, and those guys just all fall at once. Like yeah, there's a lot of like charm to his humor. I think it's like what makes him likable is like reflected in this movie. So there's there I, I I did enjoy it. I it's it's almost like I don't want to like compare it to a Kevin Smith film, but like in as much as it has its audience, I can see why this sells or like I could see why this like people love this. And it it is funny for sure, but it it feels when I watched it I was like it, it felt chaotic in a lot of ways right mm-hmm. like uh but i mean i thought it was cool like you know the dr demento you know cameos i will say that too like the cameos they were it's not it's not funny that he's there right like think about like you know your scary movies 
you know, think about like your other like comedy, like parody esque movies, right? Like usually they have a celebrity show up, and it's funny because he's kind of because he's there. Uh, Tropic Thunder is a bad example, but because Tom Cruise plays like a great character in that, but mm-hmm. you know some of those types of movies, like oh hey look it's um uh, it's Charlie Sheen, and he's just here, you know like it doesn't <laughs> really like but but in in here the, the the cameos that he's having people make they're playing characters which I can appreciate. It's why I, like I appreciate and I think people appreciate that Tom Cruise role in Tropic Thunder because he was there, but it was like to do something not just to like be funny because it's his face in the movie right right uh so i i appreciate i i think i i I almost appreciate the effort maybe more than like some of the jokes that are in this movie um and also it is for me uh i know you guys grew up with michael richards in a different light but uh boy he was cool for the longest time and then all of a sudden (laughs) one day things changed i I had to read the quote that he was saying and he went after mexicans too in that and i was like man this guy so it was hard to look at that and just be like man like this guy was like he got i don't this had to be was this pre-seinfeld yeah for him right Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah because he was much older i think and, and it's not much but at least a decent amount older in seinfeld so like you know, he kind of like transitioned into that into like a, an iconic like comedy show, you know, and uh, yeah, it was kind of weird looking at him. But I did think his character, I did think the mop like he's like, it's not just any mop. He's like, I've had this since I was 12 years old <laughs> I mom, since I was born. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like um, there was funny clips. I yeah, I I wouldn't go. I wouldn't say it's my favorite movie or that I loved it but i did like it and i understand why you guys do love it so much excellent i think it i think it does earn its uh its cult status for sure like i think there's and, and i mean even some of like like there it is heavy on the uh blue screen as vector correct me not green screen blue screen but um i thought it looked good like there was like i love i like uh, like a lot of the sets and a lot of it like just looked good. I'm assuming, I don't know if this is out on Blu-ray, but I don't know if they ever yeah, put is. that out. Yeah, but it like, is. Yeah, I'll say, I'm, I'm assuming this is an HD somewhere because the copy that Vactor put up for me was like, I was kind of surprised at how good the camera work was and how, you know, it wasn't, it didn't seem like, uh, clearly it's a cheaper movie, but it didn't seem like uh, terribly cheap. You know what I mean? Yeah, it actually fell out of print for a long time and it prices... i was reading that yeah they yeah. were selling the dvds for like a, over a hundred dollars at one point and i think there was what a thing i it? saw where weird al was trying to get copies too to like be able to give to people or whatever well, originally it was, it was the vhs and then the dvd finally yeah. came out in that's what it was two yes and then they did a blu-ray in 2014 for the 25th anniversary yeah um but i think you can see the the difference or not the difference but kind of like the trend that it it's setting of viral videos and like right internet culture this is like a gif like if this had come out in the age of the gif it is like a gif or gif whatever mm-hmm. like a gif machine like it would yeah. be pumping them out like because if you just search uhf on like a gif thing there's like a million of them already but like oh, we use them out, all the time it come out in current times right yeah yeah um and 
you know, and that, that's what I ended up doing back to was I was, I was looking at stuff just to get like context for like the movie at the time and stuff. And me and me and Rob were talking about it. Like Rob, you're saying it came out the same week as Batman. Right. <laughs> and then like I found the list. So it came out as it came out in the same year as uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Ghostbusters 2, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Lethal Weapon 2, Batman, License to Kill, When Harry Met Sally do the right thing and weaken at Bernie's. So it feels it like there demolished. Was, <laughs> there was nowhere for this movie to sit. You know, like if you take out the, the death month of January where they just dump shitty movies, you know, and you really want this to make money. Uh, yeah, boy, you were competing yeah. with uh, a lot of big movies. At and time. Orion or Orion or however you say that studio thought this was going to be their big thing. Like it was going to be <laughs> yeah. the biggest thing since sliced bread. It was testing through the roof yeah. with test it, audiences. And then it just came and bleh, splattered all over the ground. And Weird Al <laughs> thought his career was over after this. But then uh, then came off the deep end after that, I believe was his yeah. next album. And, and um, yeah, I was going to say, I think this is almost a is it makes me i already appreciate weird al for the artistry and like uh the person that he is obviously you know gen, you know, generally seems to be like a nice person like from all accounts and stuff um but yeah just the effort i mean like it seems like he really you know because everything is so him in the movie right like all of the like from from all the jokes you know the music obviously he put time in so you're like you're making this movie and you're producing the music for it you know and you're doing doing everything in it like i can it'd be like it'd be like if it'd be like if kevin smith like not only wrote his movies but then also made music and then like you know did the thing it's kind of like um who's the halloween director of actor i can't remember his name rob zombie uh, not rob zombie the old the original uh um, Wes craven shoot no not Wes craven um, toby hooper like, no, he did. Um, he did Escape from New York. Oh, uh, Robert Zemeckis. Oh, John Carpenter. John Carpenter. Yeah, it's like the. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, John Carpenter, where like right, he did. The I soundtrack. really love his movies because he, yeah, he has that sound. He he like nails the sound. It's like he has like a whole vision, right? Like I respect that, and I and I really enjoy that about this. Is like this feels like somebody's effort this doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like um and i know this is not a great comparison but like this isn't like fast and the furious where it's a studio movie all right let's pay 13 different rappers to make this soundtrack let's like build this thing that's all like like the person that wrote it also is you know has enough passion for the project to like produce music to do everything for it and i'm assuming if he had he probably had you know, a hand in like making the poster, you know, getting everything ready. Cause it is all so like much his style. Mm -hmm. um, so to me, that's actually the most like impressive thing. It does hit like, to me, like a John Carpenter movie in as much as like this person put their all into that, you know, regardless of if you hit every joke nails for me, like I appreciate that about it. Yeah. Let me tell you my favorite jokes. <laughs> spatula city was great spatula city is really funny let me tell you a quick story There's about a spatula lot. city yeah uh one time not too long ago within the last year this happened i think i might have told Vector about this i was driving with my wife and i had my ipod uh playing all my music on shuffle <laughs> all the 
<laughs> Weird Al albums, of course, are on there amongst uh, all the other music I've listened to. But there's so much Weird Al that, you know, Weird Al is going to come up fairly often when I've yeah. got my music on shuffle. <laughs> so the UHF soundtrack or album uh, has like the trailer for Gandhi 2 and the commercial for Spatula City on it. Just right. the audio from those yeah. segments. My wife has not seen UHF. She is not familiar with this movie. Mm. She will. She does not want to watch it. <laughs> I'll just put it that way. <laughs> um, so we were driving and the next song randomly comes on is the commercial for Spatula City. <laughs> <laughs> Spatula City. Spatula City. Oh, what better man. way to say I love you than with the gift of a spatula. <laughs> What's and, like buy one spatula, get ten for ten. Yeah, spatulas, yeah, yeah, buy, yeah, yeah, buy nine spatulas, get the tenth one for just one penny. Yeah, yeah. Um, biggest warehouse full of spatulas. Anyway, uh, factory direct to you. I could recite the whole thing. Um, so this commercial came on, and my wife it caught my wife's attention, and she slowly just stopped what she was doing and was listening to it because she didn't think she she thought maybe I was listening to Spotify or something. Oh, right. And she, and she's like, what is what, a spatula store? What, what kind of company is this? And, and after a while, I don't know why she didn't look at the the section on the screen that said mm-hmm. what was playing, but eventually yeah. she looked and went, oh. <laughs> Got like her all upset. <laughs> but I was that laughing is, and laughing because I died for a good second. Payoff. Like, if you could imagine when you first saw the movie, you were like, you know. In so many years, my wife is gonna see this and be fooled by. Yeah, it was. Spatula. It was the what better way to say I love you than the gift of a spatula line that got her. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, "This is a real." <laughs> <laughs> my two favorite jokes from this movie is there's a there's a throwaway joke, Jeff. There's a there's a bum. There's a guy who's like, "Change the guy, <laughs> right?" Change. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Seventy five. Eighty-five, one dollar. Thanks, uh, Mister. That guy. There's yeah. a and there's a there's a blind guy. It's the the homeless guy and a blind guy sitting on a bench, and it's just a transition shot. And uh, the the old guy or the blind guy has a Rubik's cube in his hand, and he just mo- makes one move on it, and then shows it to the homeless guy and goes, "Is this it?" And the homeless guy goes, nope. <laughs> he just goes back to it and moves it again and goes, Is this it? <laughs> nope. <laughs> that joke cracks me up, man. There was another good nope. uh, one of my one of my favorite ones, ones that made me like it was um it's the kid show and the kid spits in Al's face. Oh yeah, and he like, hawks a can, right in his face. Yeah, and you can tell I, I wonder if they tried that multiple times because the shot that's in the movie, he is the kid is like cannot keep it together. He's like clearly <laughs> no, he laughing at him. It was it was pretty funny to see uh see him do that. Uh but yeah, it was uh it was a good I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed my time. It's good. Going and then the other out. my other favorite joke, Jeff. Mm-hmm. is the the guy who runs the uh the competing network is yes. getting a birthday present and he gets he gets a watch mm-hmm. and he says <laughs> i wanted a rolex a rolex yeah, that's what, yeah. <laughs> and he, then his son leaves and he who's wearing this big tacky gross looking cowboy hat he He's leaving the room and the guy says, take that ridiculous thing off. And he turns and looks at him and he just pulls his mustache off. He had a fake mustache on the oh, yeah. <laughs> he takes his mustache off. That joke cracks me up. 
every time. The Take um, that ridiculous thing. Oh, <laughs> another uh, the the Oprah show that he's doing. It's like mm. with his character, whatever. Like it's the Ku Klux Klan member in the front. Yeah, when, when things go off the rails, like on that clip. And when they throw the chair, I'll find the clip. But when they throw the chair at Al, the way it explodes, like at him, <laughs> is just yeah. I, I'll have to find it. It is so fucking funny. It's I, a good uh, one. I uh, yeah, I enjoyed. I almost enjoyed that commentary more than like the overarching story, right? Like like the making fun of like advertisements and like the TV. I don't shows. think I've ever like, listened to the commentary. I need to listen to that. Yeah, oh, uh, uh, speaking he of that, the no, 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 I'm saying like, social the, commentary. The, yeah, oh. the, what he's saying. But you should listen to the jokes. commentary because it's pretty, I, pretty good. That's what I was reading. That it is like, like he has like running bits through the commentary that are also <laughs> funny. That he's like, somebody. I think he's like he's naming every like the street address of every location they're at. So he'll be like, it's like a shot where they pull up to a house and he's like, oh, this is sixteen seventeen, da, 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 and he's like reading off the address <laughs> of where they shot that at. Um, yeah, but I heard that was good. So I, I do. I don't know if there's a way to. Outside of the DVD, I'm sure maybe there's a version somewhere online where you can you can grab the commentary. Uh, I'm sure uh, savvy uh, internet users can, yeah. can find that. Something tells me. How long have we been recording, Factor? Can you tell? Uh, it does not tell me. Oh, man. All right. Well, I watched a movie this week that I'm actually dying to, to talk about, but I don't want to make this, this uh, After Dark too long. So I'm just gonna jump into it real fast, and I just want just want your guys' opinions, okay? Just real fast. I finally watched a little movie called Thor: Love and Thunder. Oh this yeah, this week. Yeah, I did not see it in theaters because I am no longer uh, affiliated with a uh, number one geek news podcast, geeks English speaking, uh, <laughs> geek so to speak podcast, where we would have reviewed that the first week, and so I finally got around to watching it because it's on Disney Plus. And real fast, I just want I I never. I've never heard you guys talk about it specifically outside of the CPK where you had um, Goodman on, William Goodman. But I don't remember. Factor, did you think Thor 11 Thunder was a good movie or a bad movie or a medium movie? I thought it was a good movie. And Jeff W., did you think Thor 11 Thunder was a good movie, a bad movie, or a medium movie? I'm I'm going to say medium, but I want to give it like on the the better half of Marvel, I split okay. Marvel in two. There's bad, good. It's in the middle, but good. Okay, that makes sense. I didn't think it was bad. I went in going yeah. like, oh man, everybody's poo pooing all over this movie. Our former co-host of Geek, so to speak, Shaf, I know, was not a fan of that movie in particular. Um, so I sort of went in like, okay, what's this? All right, let's watch this. But I I actually found myself enjoying it. I, th- I yeah. didn't think it was bad. I liked Christian Bale. Um, I thought Gord the God Butcher's motivations were a little funny because um, it seems like he really switched what he was trying to do at the very mm-hmm. end of the movie. Yeah, uh, Just mind, quick, real fast spoilers for Thor Love and Thunder, mm-hmm. just in case anybody hasn't seen it. So his whole thing is that he's he wants to kill all the gods because uh, his god just made fun of him, essentially, <laughs> yeah. which was a big departure <laughs> from the motivation of the character in the comic book, which is what I thought they were going to do where he's praying to the, the gods and a God crash lands on his planet and is like, help me. And he's like, help me, you, me help you, you help me. I thought that's <laughs> what they were going to go for, but the motivation that they gave him 
was real weird. Like, uh, you should die because people are dumb. Also, don't pick up that sword because it kills gods. See that sword right next to you by your feet? <laughs> don't pick that up. Okay. It's <laughs> whatever you do. Um, and so he's Gore the God Butcher killing gods left and right. But then at the end, he's like, uh, okay, um, actually, I don't really want to get rid of all the gods. I just want to get my daughter back. So eternity, can you just bring my daughter back? <laughs> and I was like, well, that seems like a real... Yeah. Couldn't there have been a better way for you to do that? It was... Um... <laughs> Did you really have to kill all the gods? I don't know. Yeah. His motivation seemed a little funky to me. I in in So me and Vactor were in it, and I felt like we were laughing. You guys were in that movie? We were in the movie. Uh, we were in the theater watching, and I I felt like we were laughing. I felt like the crowd was laughing, uh, and I, we walked out of it. And we're like, I think, Vector, we both had the same thing of like, oh hey, this was pretty good. There are things we didn't like about it. A little, maybe a little too much comedy. Maybe you know, there's maybe some other issues with it. But I was like, overall, this is fine. And then it was a funny realization to watch that, like it, come home. And get on the internet and people be like, this is a pile of shit. And you're like, I didn't get that at all. Like, I didn't, yeah, I didn't love it. It's not like one of the Avengers, like it's not endgame, but it's you know what I mean? Like it's it's post-endgame. It has to do something else, you know, it has to be a little different. And if not for Taika, Thor would fucking suck entirely right now. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, I so I think. He gets he should get a, get a little credit for doing what he wants uh, because he has saved those movies. In my opinion, uh, I think he you know made the best Thor movies that there ever have ever been made so far. Right? Yeah, I think it falls under the same problem that Avengers: um, Age of Ultron hit after mm -hmm. the Avengers, where you see the Avengers at the time there was nothing like it, and it was the the best thing ever it's the best comic book movie ever at the time and then they follow up with age of ultron but you're never going to get that first experience back of where you haven't seen anything like this before now it's right. following that up and i think it's the same thing with thor uh, uh thor three um ragnarok just totally blanked on the name there where <laughs> it was such a departure and so out of left field that it was amazing and then you're following that up because mm -hmm. to right. me, the humor, the story, the setup, to me, it's virtually on par. It's it felt the same. It felt like mm -hmm. more of what we liked in that movie. Um, and so, I, it's just like I just maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm out of touch. Yeah. And uh, I thought the movie, but I still enjoyed it too. Like I liked how it looked, like colorful, like things. That, you know, what I mean, it looked very much like Love and uh, the the previous one, Ragnarok. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, you know, this like. Thor's got his new his new uniform going on here. You know what I mean? Like I thought I thought it hit kind of all of those. You know, um, yeah. yeah. So I don't I don't know why um, there was such a major backlash. I, I I get things people didn't like about it, like and that's fine. But it felt like it was maybe a little overboard, right? Maybe a little like, okay, well, you know, it's not that bad. Like gone down a yeah. little bit. I think it's the same problem that Phase Four is having is that phase three ended on such a high note yeah that what are you going to do after that people are mad that she hulk's twerking uh meanwhile right. nothing nothing short of the eternals has been that bad in phase four in my opinion um non-vectors he loves eternals baby it's one of his favorites
it wasn't bad. It just wasn't. It definitely wasn't my favorite. But um. But anyway, just wanted to get my thoughts out there on Thor: Love and Thunder, everybody. I didn't hate it. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it's a bad movie by any means, and it's, it's definitely better than Thor: The Dark Thor. And I would say that it is better than Thor One. Yes. Three four I mean, three four yes. one two. Yes. That's the the official power rankings of Thor. 